It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And a very good morning to you, JP, until one with Bernie taking your comments on 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. You can email across the show to corktoday at c103.ie. And ahead this morning, this day last year, Russia began its invasion of Ukraine, changing the world as we know it. Uh, everyone paying the price, but most of all, the Ukrainian people. We're going to chat with Bantry man Eugene O'Sullivan, who joined joined us over the last year in various stages from Ukraine. He's living in the eastern, kind of northeastern area of Ukraine. So we'll chat with him. Back in Bantry he is at the moment, but he is going to return uh, to Ukraine. So uh, we'll get the latest situation and indeed what it has been like just to be on the ground living a day-to-day life in that area over the last 12 months. He'll join us shortly on the programme. Also, we're going to hear about social prescribers. What are they? Well, they are going to be arriving and helping people in West Cork. We'll find out more about that on the programme this morning. Also, towards the end of yesterday's programme, a few callers and texters on to us regarding heat pumps. And these heat pumps they installed, some people felt that their energy bills, their electricity bill increased following the installation of this heat pump. But then other callers after that said no. Uh, While electricity did go up uh, a a fraction, it did not overall go up as high as they thought it would. But then they had no fuel costs. They had no coal, uh, no timber, no gas, anything like that. And they felt their homes were uh, warm 24-7. So while the electricity bill went up slightly, it wasn't going up a whole pile. Uh, So mixed views on that. And there was kind of a a tit-for-tat on towards the end of the show yesterday with some people saying no my energy bill has gone very high others saying I've installed this it's not so we're going to chat with Councillor Audrey Buckley who has gone down that route but also feels that the grants you can get for installing these type of services should they be split so if you just want new windows you can just get a grant for that without having to get more done in your home also it would appear with these heat pumps those who had their homes insulated first that they benefited more from installing the heat pumps so we'll discuss that and find out more about that your views are welcome a lot of emails came in to us as well uh, during the course of yesterday afternoon regarding heat pumps and the air to water and all that uh, that has come into homes in the last 12 to I suppose nearly 3 years at this stage a lot of the new homes if you purchase a new home 
they're already installed uh, many of them with this type of heating system and they don't have a fireplace or anything like that or a chimney and then the last return it's a play by Sonia Kelly from Drew Theatre but it is coming to Cork and coming to the Everyman on McCurtain Street so we're going to speak with Anna Healy Anna plays the ticket person in this production uh, many of you know Anna though you, when you see her face you'll realise that she has appeared in a lot of uh, productions over the years both on screen and on on stage uh, from the screen uh, certain shows like Nighthawks uh, the comedy in the early noughties Fergus's Wedding and of late uh, she appeared in Immerdale uh, the ITV soap so we'll speak with Anna later in the programme and after midday we'll be going to the movies with Mark and also our man Crossy our showbiz man he was in Dublin yesterday the film festival opening up there uh, but he caught up with Paul Meskell who was very much in the news at the moment and we'll hear that chat between Crossy and Paul Meskell after so that and more to come and your views are welcome 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. But uh, something that is in the news uh, this morning and indeed yesterday evening and I'm not too sure how people feel about this. It's the government. They're going to allow the winter eviction ban expire and it's going to expire next month. Now ministers are trying to identify measures that, that could avoid tenants being uh, hit with these eviction notices to leave their homes within weeks of this being lifted. So the Housing Minister, Dara O'Brien, he's expected to bring a plan to Cabinet in the coming weeks, but no firm proposals are yet on the table with regards to this. Now, he previously said uh, that over 2,000 terminations had been avoided because of this eviction ban. So uh, there's a fear then within uh, politics that if the eviction uh, the eviction ban is lifted, uh, could there be a deluge of evictions in and around those areas where you have a high population of people renting and mainly urban areas and indeed other areas as well but I think they seem to be worried about urban areas of this country. Also senior coalition figures believe uh, that it has not worked because of the emergency accommodation. Those numbers are still on the up but there has been a lot of people who for various reasons went away uh, over the last 10 years. Many may have purchased a property at the time of the boom so even if they did not have a lot of money Banks were giving out 100% mortgages. As a result, they did purchase a house. A house. Everybody was uh, encouraged to go and get on the housing ladder in and around 2004, 2005, 2006, those kind of years. So many did. And if you were getting a 100% mortgage, why not at the time? It was all go. You know, everybody was encouraging you to do that. If you weren't buying a house, you were nearly looked at as if there was something wrong with you. So while those people did uh, that very thing, bought a house, purchased a house, what happened? The crash came a few years later and many lost their jobs and many then had to go to Australia and we saw a huge amount of people who left these shores and headed down under and that is why we have so many Irish and we always had people going to Australia but there was such an influx from around 2008, uh, 2007 uh, that there were a lot of Irish and is a lot of Irish communities in Sydney, in Melbourne, in Brisbane and Perth and other areas because of those years. Uh, Many came back, many stayed but those that wanted to come back due to the pandemic, some got home, some stayed over in Australia but when they came back they had those houses rented out and they were rented out for long term but they wanted to go back in themselves they could not because of the eviction ban so they found themselves in a situation where they were renting elsewhere while there was someone else living in their home and they cannot get into their own home because of the ban so uh, now will we see the situation whereby the immigrants who 
can't get into their own property will be able to uh, or is it then unfair on those who were in that house under goodwill so there is a lot of calls for the eviction ban because of those who came back to Ireland and can't live in their own homes they own Uh, but then you can see the other side of things if the eviction ban goes ahead will you have people who have no other way of finding a home and because of the high rents and because of the lack of supply Will they find themselves in trouble? Will they find themselves couch surfing or indeed within emergency accommodation? We'll wait and see what happens. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 with your feelings regarding the eviction ban. Also there, of course, we have a lot of landlords who are leaving the market. And once that ban is lifted, many of those will sell their home because they just want to get out of the property market. A lot of those landlords, accidental landlords, again, going back to the boom. And then uh, we spoke with Paddy Cummins from the AA uh, earlier this week and this was regarding fuel and fuel costs and how fuel will go up from the 1st of March to do with diesel uh, petrol later in the year. Uh, But it seems now that petrol cars will run on fuel that is 10% plant oil from APEN and this is a move to cut carbon emissions from transport. Now regulations are to be announced for the country's 900,000 petrol cars today and that announcement will double the amount to buy ethanol currently mixed in with petrol at the pumps but this has the potential and this will go ahead with the emissions of doubling up and changing the type of petrol we use it will have the equivalent of taking at least 50,000 fossil fuel cars off the road completely when this happens and while they're going to outline plans today it's going to be increased in diesel as well biofuelers in the coming few months but the move to increase the the volume of bioethanol and petrol from 5% for the E5 to 10% for the E10. While it's been on the cards for a number of while and while you'll see the, the, the E5 and E10 on the petrol forecourts, there's concerns with some because some of the older vehicles uh, they're not able to take the change in petrol and when you do put that E5 or E10 or which, which one is, is not compatible to the older cars into the car, it doesn't perform as well as it should and you either use more fuel or the car doesn't perform the way it should. So there's mixed feelings on that, but it is happening and more announcements today. Uh, and we'll hear that, I'm sure, later on C103, our news bulletins across the afternoon on what they are saying regarding the change in use that we have with our petrol. A lot of us won't even notice the difference. We'll just fill up, but it will be happening uh, within the four courts across the country. And do you suffer from hay fever? Well, if you report that has come out, and this is from the University of Manchester, it seems that urban dwellers report a significantly worse hay fever symptom than those who live in rural areas. So if you're a city slicker, uh, the country bumpkin suffers less to do with hay fever. It seems that hay fever affects around one in four people in Ireland and it's at its worst from late March to September. But the findings from this first study to compare pollution levels with the severity of the duration of real-time hay fever symptoms suggest that they are worse for city or town dwellers. I don't know why the reason is and they just go into the uh, the various aspects of hay fever and the symptoms of that and they they talk about how many people that they used for this study uh, would you, you have to wonder is it because those of us who grew up in rural areas in the country we were used to maybe running around in hay playing uh, football hurling soccer in fields and were we just used to it that our bodies become immune to what was happening that time of the year not saying everybody would 
many people uh, from farming backgrounds do suffer from hay fever as well. Uh, but is it to a less extent than those maybe who aren't exposed to fields or were, were not playing in fields or in the agri uh, side of things? I'm not too sure. Does that play a part or not? It might play no part, but just thinking out loud on that. And more coming in uh, regarding calls and text to us on various issues. I get to those across the show. Just one though that has come in because we did discuss this earlier on in the week and it was to do with footpaths which were being widened in the city which were being cut back and being reduced size in the city but being widened in the county and many were saying it's having an effect for crossings and for trucks trying to turn at corners well one text here going Hi JP I told you earlier in the week this would happen there was a lady nearly knocked down in Mill Street because she was trying to cross at the McCroom Road in Mill Street uh, but impossible to do so with the traffic uh, and luckily she was okay uh, but I saw the incident for myself the need to put traffic lights there or a zebra crossing on the McCroom Road in Mill Street uh, so that area seems to be problematic not for pedestrians as well but also for truck drivers uh, and a lot more calls coming in on what we discussed towards the end of the show yesterday from Summerhill North whereby they are going to extend the, they are going to reduce the footpaths in that area and even though it's an area where uh, the footpath is used quite a lot by pedestrians. It's interesting to see they reduce it there, but they'll increase it in county towns where maybe less would use footpaths and you'd have more traffic and the traffic is finding it hard to get around. And then like in Mill Street, you can have incidents like that. Anyhow, uh, thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. This day, one year ago, was the start of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And why speculated for over a month, the world was shocked at what they saw happening across Ukraine. Eugene O'Sullivan from Bantry was in Ukraine with his wife and son during this time, and he joined me. Good morning to you, Eugene. Good morning, John Paul. Take us back because I know you're in Bantry at the moment, but just take us back, first of all, to this time last year. I'm sure, Eugene, it's a day you'll never forget. Yeah, it's a day that I will never forget. Uh, The 24th of February, 2022. Uh, I didn't think that I would be uh, talking to you this time one year further on. From what happened that morning, I couldn't believe that the war had started when my wife said to me, she said the war has started, she said they're already after bombing all the military infrastructure in Ukraine. And then we heard of tanks and troops rolling in over the border, thousands and thousands of them. And we just said to ourselves, because we're only two hours from the Russian border, we said they'll be here tomorrow evening. So I said, look, what's the best thing to do here? And we said, look, we have to go down the cellars anyway, number one. And I said, okay, if the building collapses or whatever. So I got consaw, crowbars, sledgehammers. In case if the building did collapse, you'd be able to cut your way out, hoping you'd cut your way out. Fuel, food, sleeping bags, blankets, candles, and um, hope for the best. However, the war didn't come to our, our area. But at that time, you're thinking of the worst case scenario. Of course, and while it didn't reach your area, there was many areas it did reach across Ukraine. Did you think uh, at the initial stage of this, Eugene, at that time when you were preparing for the cells and in case the building would fall down on top of you, did you think Russia would just take over Ukraine at that stage? Oh, I did. I expected that they would be, after taking over the country within 10 days. 
that is what I had thought at the way the troops and the tanks had rolled in over the border. Uh, I think the Ukrainians actually put up a huge fight. I also think something must have happened as well on, on the Russian side because it's like, to me, it seems to be bad coordination on their side because of the amount of troops and tanks that came in, you would actually think that they should have it taken within 10 days. But it didn't happen. And then the Ukraine themselves, of course, got huge support across the world uh, by way of solidarity, but also by way of arms. Uh, and that was the tackle of the Russian forces uh, coming to Ukraine. You were in eastern Ukraine. And am I right in saying that that's the location you're in? We would be more closer to north northeastern part of Ukraine. So by way of military activity, just explain what you saw initially and then over the course of the last year. Well... I never yet in my life saw helicopter gunships and uh, low-flying fighter jets flying just so close over the buildings at speed. But they were Ukrainian because I said to one guy, are they Russian or Ukrainian? And he said to me, if they're Russian, you're dead. So it was nice to know that they were Ukrainian. But everybody, when you hear a, a helicopter coming or a fighter jet coming, you head straight immediately for the cellars or for the underground basement, whichever. And is was that happening up to recently? Well, that, that's still happening, even when the air raid sirens go off, which can go off at any time when there's missiles coming in from Russia. Uh, you have to go underneath the basin. You could be in a shopping centre, which has happened where people didn't leave the shopping centre and the missiles came in and, and killed everybody. How often would those air raid sirens go off? Well, sometimes they could be going off for four or five hours continuously, depending on the amount of missiles that are being fired across Ukraine. And would this happen every week or every two weeks or every month? Oh, some, some days it was happening three times, three times in a day. More times it could last for five hours, continuous. And you stay in the you cellar for five hours? Yeah, you just have to get on with it. And do you That's get used like, to seeing all yeah. this going on around you? Um... The only thing I have seen is missiles as well traveling through the air. You hear them, they make a whistling song when they're traveling through the air. And when you see them passing, you say, well, some poor misfortune is probably going to get killed wherever this is going to land. And you mentioned there about trying to get on with life. Is that what everybody is doing, like yourself and your family and, and all your friends in that region in Ukraine? You get used to seeing mm-hmm. missiles in the air. You get used to the air sirens and you just really try and get on with work and get on with a, a daily life. You get climatized to it eventually, and it's just a way of life then. It, it, at the beginning, it's scary, but now as you get climatized into it, um, it's not so bad, but you always have that worry. Is it your building? Is the next building going to be hit? And as many parts of Ukraine are just doing that and trying to get back to normal, we have seen that from pictures over the last number of months. Uh, is Western Ukraine, they're further away from the Russian border. What are you hearing from those parts while they still have to be careful? Is it life is normal or, or, or is it not? Uh, life can't be normal because any country that's at war, everything is disrupted no matter what it is w- w- within the country. And you always have to worry Will there be shortage of food? Will there be shortage of electricity? When will the electricity come back again, depending on how badly damaged it is? Uh, will the gas come back again for heating for the winter? It depends on how badly uh, damaged the infrastructure is. 
Yeah, and I ask that because we see these videos on TikTok and other social media outlets uh, saying that things are getting back to normal. It's only in certain areas of the country. So again, it proves that a lot of the content on social media is incorrect. Energy supply there you touched on. What is it like living where you were considering energy was being hit and you had a big electric stations being hit there? Yeah, the problem about that is you don't know when when are they going to come back. Uh, there's also situations well where fuel is in short supply. So even if you do have generators, they're not much good if you have if you go and have fuel to f- keep them running. Very true. And while all that is going on, Eugene, you would have seen a lot of world leaders meeting either in Ukraine or uh, the president of Ukraine meeting them. Uh, what's the feeling on the ground there with the support coming from across the world? Well, Ukrainian people are delighted to see all the support happening on their side. But um, I think the world leaders, they need to sit down and talk. They need, they'll have to talk to Putin at some point. I remember here um, when we had the conflict in Northern Ireland, I remember they always saying, well, we won't sit down with the IRA or terrorists. They all had to sit down eventually around the table and negotiating. And this is going to end up the same way at some point. It will have to. I mean, where are you going with all this war on both sides, pouring petrol on top of the fire, which would be like the West throwing in your uh, arms to help the Ukrainians? I know if they don't get the weapons, then they can't, uh, they can't fight. It's a double-edged sword. But you'd rather they sit down sooner rather than later and not go on as long as things did in Northern Ireland. And then when today is the anniversary, a lot of people were worried about another large scale attack today. This is mainly because the Russian President Putin, he again mentioned this during the week in his address to Russia. And he also has indicated about the use of nuclear weapons. It can happen at any time because, look, remember when the United States was backed into a corner um, when Japan attacked them in 1945 when Pearl Harbor was attacked? That was a superpower when they were backed into a corner. They used uh, atomic bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. The same could happen here if Russia is backed into a corner. Who, nobody can tell. Will they, use, will they resort to using nuclear weapons? We don't know. And could you see that happening from someone who's been living in that war? I mean, that would be a huge fear for somebody like you and your family. All I would say is rule nothing out. Always expect the unexpected. Maybe because of that threat that the world should really get on top of what is happening because any nuclear activity would destroy not only Ukraine, but really change the world into the future. All I would say is, uh, I think it was last Friday, um, Alexander Lukashenko of Belarus offered... Uh, President Biden to come to Minsk from Warsaw. He said, you're only 30 minutes away uh, from Warsaw. Come and sit down and I'll bring Putin on the other side and I'll get you around the table and we'll sort this out. And Biden didn't want to know. But is it because he feels that country is in kind of uh, the pockets of uh, Russia? He thinks because maybe because it's in the pockets. That shouldn't matter. If there's a, any hint of any peace negotiations, it should be taken up. And I know now, Eugene, while all this is going on, your family remain there. Uh, what, what are things like today and indeed in the last number of days? Oh, it's the uh, same as usual. Um, sometimes no electricity, sometimes no internet, sometimes no mobile phone working. Um, 
that's basically you have to get on with it. Uh, you always make sure that you always have a plentiful supply of food just in case something does badly go wrong because that is what you need, especially tinned food. And you're back in Bantry now. Uh, how did you then leave where you were to get out of Ukraine and then fly back here to Ireland? It wasn't easy. It took three days to get out through Ukraine alone on different bus journeys. And the sleep is the hardest thing, trying to stay awake all the time. And many times we had to change buses because we come to a certain area and the bridge is taken out. So you have to cross that bridge, get on another bus. You, that bus might be waiting to connect other people as well with another bus coming from a different direction. And you could be three or four hours waiting. I didn't tell anybody that I was coming back because I didn't know where we, would we be able to get out or not at that particular point. So when you say stay awake, is that to stay awake so that you know when to get out of the bus or a fear of attack? Yes, yes, and pay attention to your surroundings and pay attention to what's going on. And do you stay awake for three full days? You had no choice. You might nap off on the bus, but the only thing is that um, there was four other people came with me. So at least with the other four, one person would tap you on the shoulder and say, listen, wake up, you have to get off here. And did you have to get off of many Locations. We had to get off in about six different locations. We had to change buses at different points as well. And um, at the border, then we were three hours. It took us three hours across the border when we got the Ukrainian-Polish border. And uh, we went from the border then to Gdansk and flew directly back from Gdansk to Cork. And then you return home to Bantry. Are you surprised with the, the level of Ukrainian people who are here in Ireland at the moment after fleeing war and settling within various communities here as you are in Bantry and other communities right across the country? Well, look, uh, it's the same in all of the other European countries as well. It's not just Ireland. And we're going to see a lot more of it if this war continues. I can't see any other option. People will have to get out and they'll have to go somewhere. The only thing is, how long can you feed all these extra people, provide for them, maintain them, um, when you don't know how long this is all going to last? And you're going to go back to your wife and child, I presume, are you? I hope to go back maybe in the next four or five weeks. I was planning to go back before uh, Christmas, but uh, I was told not to go back at that time of the year because you could get stuck somewhere trying to connect a bus, you're in winter, you could be in temperatures of minus 15, minus 20, and you'd end up freezing to death on the side of some street maybe. So when you return, if you do return and go back to where you were in Ukraine, if you say people are going to start leaving more and more across 2023, will you decide to come back to Ireland full time? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment. I would stay there for the summer. Subject to, subject to what goes on, it's impossible to plan anything exactly because all things can change so quickly. But you are intending on going back and when you go back, you'll have yes. to go through that journey again, will you, of, of having the three nights or four nights with no sleep? Yes, yes you'll have to uh, go through that. But the only thing is that the weather is warmer. And it's easier to travel in those type of uh, um, climate conditions compared to when it's very, very cold. True. Well, we do think of all those who remain in Ukraine, like your wife and child, and who are living through this war. And as you say, we will wait and see what happens over the next number of months. And hopefully, will we all hope for peace? But uh, at the moment, it doesn't look like anything is going to change. But we, we will hope and pray for peace. Uh, Eugene, you mind yourself and we'll stay in touch over the next number of months again.
Okay, John Paul, and uh, thank you as well. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818 103 103. With social isolation and loneliness on the increase, many are trying to come up with initiatives to deal with this issue. Social prescribing is one of those, and Jennifer Riney is a social prescriber, and she joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Hi, good morning. And thanks for joining us. I suppose, first of all, how would you define a social prescriber? Um, well, I suppose a social prescriber, um, a social prescribing link worker, I suppose is our full title, which is quite long, um, is somebody who links people into sources of support within their community. So um, it's usually um, somebody who would be, I suppose, a, a good listener, um, somebody who has empathy um, and understanding and somebody who can work with people to help them achieve goals that, that they set for themselves in relation to linking into to support within their community. Um, and we have seen the need for a service like this, Jennifer, as I'm sure you have over the last number of years in particular. I mean, the, the service is really tackling the issue of mental health and isolation and loneliness. We get calls here, and I'm sure every local radio station does, uh, in the evening times, uh, in weekend evenings or indeed texts. People are just looking to speak to someone. They might not need to contact us or others uh, about something that's on the radio. They just want to speak to someone on the other side of the phone because they may see no one all week. Absolutely, yeah. We see we see quite a lot of that. Um, I suppose that's that's the one thing that you know a lot of people comment on when 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 they meet uh, a social prescriber, you know, for the first time or whatever, is the is the time that they that they're given to to speak and they feel that they're listened to. Um, so some people are very lonely um, and isolated, um, and some people, you know, you know, it might just be that they want to to try something new. They want to try a new hobby. They want to link in with more people in their community. And I suppose what we do is we offer the support um, for them to do that. We um, meet with them. We put together um, a joint kind of plan in, in, in what areas they'd like to to link into. Um, we go along with people to, you know, groups or activities or events if they want a little bit of um, moral support going to something for the first time. Um, and then we check in with them regularly to see how things are going, if everything's OK, if they want any more support. Um, I suppose social prescribers as well would have a good understanding of what groups are available in the community, what things are available. Um, and we link people into lots of different things. It could be a physical activity. It could be arts and crafts. It could be a learning a new skill. It could be a support group, um, community gardening. You know, it could be anything. Um, counselling, low-cost counselling through family resource centres or whatever. So the I suppose that the number of things that we can kind of link people into is 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 unlimited, really. Yeah, um, and I like the way there you say if someone wants to get involved in a new activity that you will go along with them because for all of us, if we go first time to a gym or to a new club or whatever, you have that initial anxiety where you're walking in on your own. But if you go anywhere with someone with you, it's less daunting. So that, that's a really good service to provide. Absolutely. I think that makes it a lot easier for people just just making that first step. But often that is a difficult pe- thing for people is just opening the door for the first time, taking that first step into something new. Um, and it's great to go with somebody that, that you've met a few times before. We often meet people, you know, for a few sessions before we, we launch into trying something new. Um, and it's great, you know, to have that bit of moral support. But I suppose just to say as well, you know, some people think that, you know, social prescribing is all about joining groups and joining big groups. And some people may not like that. It doesn't have to be joining a group. It could be linking into, you know, a new hobby. Um, it could be, you know, it could be something like, um, 
like I say, even, you know, some people might like to, to, to link into to a support group or something like that. You don't have to join a big group to link into social prescribing. It could link you into other things. Also, I suppose online supports and um, we would link people into online supports as well. And if someone does want to listen to this saying, OK, I, I'm going to go about this and try to meet with one of these social prescribers. How do they do that? How, how do they go around and getting involved with yourselves? OK, so um, in West Cork, um, there's two social prescribers. There's myself. Um, I'm based in, in the Beira Peninsula um, with the Caja Family Resource Centre. Um, and I cover kind of the Bantry, Beira, Mizzenhead, Sheepshead and Skipperine areas. Um, and then Wendy Bond is the other link worker. She's based in Dunmanway and she covers Dunmanway, Jamalee, Inneskeen, Clonakilty and Skipperine. So we both share Skipperine. And um, so you can contact either of us through um, our respective family resource centres. That's Dunmanway Family Resource Centre for Wendy or the Caja Family Resource Centre for myself. Um, you can also be referred by um, by a prime member of the primary care team. So you can be referred by your GP or a public health nurse or practice nurse, um, or, or you can self-refer. So there's there's a, a few ways of doing it. Um, just to say to anybody in the it's as in around the Clonakilty area this morning, we're having an information morning in Clonakilty Library this morning from 11 to 12:30. So both myself and Wendy are here this morning, and we have some of our information leaflets, and um, we, we'll just chat to people about what sort of social prescribing is, um, what kind of activities we can link people into. Um, so if you're in the Clonakilty area, if you want to pop into the library this morning, um, we'd love to see you. And of course, when you meet people, then you can set out what plans you feel or, or they feel they want to get involved in, because it's really, I suppose, you focus on what matters to people, what are them, what is the matter with them. And that's very important for those who want to get involved in this. And I mentioned loneliness there. And I know you, you may be aware of Paddy O'Brien. He's a great advocate for the elderly in Cork City. And he often tells us that people die from loneliness if no one calls to see them. And a few people have mentioned that this morning, that it's a great service we're talking about because they're very fearful of neighbours or, or older relatives who are living in rural areas who have no one around. I mean, would you agree with, with the callers and indeed with what Patty has said that, if, you know, it, it is a huge problem in many parts of, of our country, loneliness? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I mean, I've heard that as well. And I've heard that, you know, loneliness and, and isolation can be as detrimental to your health as, as smoking, you know, that it can, and it can you know, take take time off people's lives. Um, just you know, just being like, I suppose connecting with people is is one of the most important um things we can do for our for our health and well being. Um, and I suppose social prescribing is uh maybe a new term for something that that we've always known that being connected with other people and with your community is very good for your health. Um, so definitely, um, it, it is really important. And I suppose um, you know, a lot of people, like I said to you, the, the one thing they say is just it's lovely to be listened to. And that's the one thing that we do. I suppose we don't really, you know, prescribe and tell people this is what you should do. Um, we offer, you know, suggestions of activities people could join in. But the main thing is what, what people want to do themselves. And they, they really, everybody knows their own, um, you know, their own abilities, their own um, interests. And, you know, sometimes it just takes sitting, chatting to somebody else for it to kind of come to the fore. Oh, this is what I'd like to do. This is what motivates me. Um, and sometimes it's just having those conversations with somebody that can kind of ignite a spark again if, if you need a little bit of support to, to get back out there. Um, you know, that, that that can make a huge difference just having somebody to talk to about it. Yeah, and it can spur a person on, to, as you say, to go out and meet people again. It's funded by the HSC, so there's no cost, I presume, Jennifer, for, for this service. 
Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, th- so it's fully funded by the HSE. It's open to anybody over the age of 18. Um, it can be referred so 18 to to 100, um, and it's it's free. And and we try to link people into activities that are free or low cost as well. So anybody can join a walking group. I mean, there's walking groups all over West Cork as well, which is a lovely way to link in with people. Um, you know, or or any other you know community activity. Um, we we try to make sure that it's 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 free or low cost to make it accessible to people. And I know um, you're uh, West Cork based, but is there a hope to expand this across the county and across Ireland? Uh, over the next while because I think before we spoke about the launch of this in Cork City uh, so slowly there will be new bases yeah, well, there are bases actually throughout um, Cork. So, so there is um, there's a link worker in in Mallow. There's a link worker in Middleton. There's McCroom um, Bank colleague, and there's a couple of link workers as well based in in Cork. Um, so, and and Kerry as well has a, has a number of sites. So, and, and there are social prescribing link workers throughout Ireland. Um, so, you know, it, it is a service that that is growing more. Um, and if you want to find out any more about it, you know, you can talk to your, you know, like I say, a member of your primary care team. Um, also, the Wellbeing Network um, is that IE is a website where you can uh, find information on the social prescribing services throughout Cork and Kerry. Um, so you'll see a link there to all the social prescribers um, and there's a form that you can fill in if you want to um, get some more information or if you know of somebody you think might be uh, might benefit from the service, you know, with their consent, you can you can refer them as well through the, the wellbeingnetwork.ie Well it's a fantastic service and I wish you well with uh, the service you're providing there in West Cork again if anybody wants to find out more information today you're in the library in Clonakilty from isn't it 11am until 12.30 so if you're in the Clonakilty area go along there you'll meet Jennifer and Wendy and you can get more information and speak to them about how you would like to get involved for the moment Jennifer uh, best of luck uh, with this uh, fantastic service and uh, best of luck today in Clonakilty hopefully you'll get a lot of people interested in hearing more about about these uh, social prescribers today. Great. Thanks very much and thanks for thanks for your support. Thank Take you. care. Thank you, Jennifer Riney there, who's a social prescriber. Uh, she's based in Beira, but as you heard there, they have a, a windy as well in Manway, and there are a number of uh, social prescribers right across Cork City and County from Ballincollig to Mallow, McCrew, Middleton and other areas as well. Uh, and if you want further information, get in contact with us and we can pass those on to you here. Bernie taking your calls on 0818 103 103. If you want to raise something on the show or indeed comment on what we are discussing, you can always email corktoday at c103.ie or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We spoke about this on the show towards the close of the show yesterday. It just came up from calls to us regarding heat pumps. Some people felt that heat pumps were very expensive to run when they got the electricity bill in but other people had different views and they felt no it's not. The energy bill has gone up slightly but because they had no fuel they felt it was value for money so it really depended on the home you were in. Well, a lot of calls and comments on that. And I'll just go through a few that have come into us since the yesterday's show and indeed this morning. First of all, on WhatsApp, a person saying it's the cold weather. Uh, the cold weather makes the heat pumps work harder, so they use more energy. In the summer, people will see the savings, but the house must be airtight to work properly. Otherwise, it's useless and you'll get robbed in electricity if your house is not airtight, says that person on WhatsApp. While another John Paul saying... The air-to-water heat pumps are only suitable for houses that are fully insulated and have an airtight membrane installed. Other than that, they will cost you a fortune. While Paul says he knows of someone 
who are in some people who have refused to take council homes which were offered to them because of these heat pump systems and they're the only form of heating in those council homes. If there's a power cut, Paul is asking, what heat would they use? All new council houses now have this form of heating. He feels there hasn't been enough thought put into this and the people who refuse uh, the council home then uh, and if they don't take the property on offer at the time uh, because of their fear of paying these higher costs of energy bills, they're then put to the end of the council list and they must start all over again. Uh, so your views on heated pumps, we are going to speak to Councillor Audrey Buckley shortly. She was listening to that conversation. She's going to chat with us uh, shortly on that. But your views are welcome. Uh, Bernie taking those comments on 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Staying with energy and says she got her electricity bill uh, for the last two months. She felt it was not that bad, including the credit, but she got her gas bill and her gas bill is three times more expensive than this time last year and she only uses very little gas. Now, she says she puts on her heating, uh, it's on a timer, so if there's a a frost predicted, she will have it on so that, for example, she won't have a burst pipe and to keep the house warm as well. So she thinks from the gas point of view, uh, we are being ripped off, says Anne on text to 0862103103. And on that, Anne, we did hear from a lot of people about two weeks ago who received their gas bill, they thought it was very high as well. Many uh, paying 500 euros to 800 euros. I heard somebody uh, receiving a gas bill over the last uh, month or so. And a lot of this was down to the gas bill being estimated. So I'm not too sure if your bill was metre red or estimated. Uh, The best thing to do from listeners to the show here were that if you go onto the Gas Networks Ireland website, if you can do that or if if not, if you know someone that can do it for you, get the gas metre reading. Uh, If the metre is somewhere near your house, get the reading, go onto the website, type it in and then it will give you a more accurate bill if you use, as you say, a lower amount of gas. That should give you an accurate bill uh, because many people have done that and they've found that it has readjusted their bill. Uh, now, you will get bills that are metre red, so it will readjust in time. Uh, but that might be uh, something to watch out for. And thank you for your text to 0862103103. I also spoke earlier about the eviction bans. The government now are looking at this and it seems uh, the way things are going that they are going to allow the winter eviction ban expire next month month. Uh, There's a number of reasons why that is. One of those that was mentioned is people who came home during the pandemic who had a house here and then they came home and they can't go back living in their house because it's been rented out while they were away in in Australia or wherever they were. Well Maureen's son is one of those and Maureen says that her son came back from Canada during the pandemic and he's renting at the moment in Kildare. Now he's paying a high price for rent but his home his house he owns is in Dublin and why he's in Kildare his house in Dublin is rented and he can't go back into that home due to the eviction ban until the ban is lifted he will continue to pay high rent while not being able to see or go into his own home so she is saying while he initially the mortgage was being covered by the rent now Maureen says he is paying a tiny part of the mortgage. Not a huge amount, a tiny part, but this is because the rent is not paying the full mortgage and this is coming due to the increases uh, that he's been caught with in rates over the last while uh, from his mortgage provider. So while Maureen says she would not like to see anybody kicked out of their home, they need to look at circumstances like her son is in because she says many are finding that the rate increases now in the mortgages over 
over the last while the rent they are getting for that home and there's rent caps in certain areas of the country as well uh, they can't increase the rent but you have her son paying high rent also paying part of the mortgage and he can't go to live in his home which is in Dublin a house he purchased while he are in and around the boom time I presume Maureen if he was away in Canada for a number of years uh, thank you for your call to 0818103103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 staying with evictions Mossy is asking where is the compassion and empathy in the country in general and regarding the eviction ban surely this can be overturned uh, so much for the majority of the world being Christian and indeed being taught compassion and empathy in their teachings. Uh, Mossy's asking uh, those who go to church or mass or service, do they go just to be seen or do they learn any values that are taught? Uh, there are alternatives to hardship of capitalism, says Mossy. There has to be an easier system. Uh, Mossy on WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And this came in to us. First of all, two two items have come in. Uh, this is from Lisa asking, has anybody seen any recycling machines around Cork? Uh, we were told they were due to be brought in in the new year so we can recycle plastic and indeed cans. So has anybody uh, come across those outside supermarkets or within supermarkets for Lisa and where indeed did you spot them? And then Nicola came across this yesterday. She sent this to us on WhatsApp. She's asking, what do people make of this? And the picture she, she sends me is, you know, if you go into any of the uh, stores or petrol stations they have the area for coffee so you have the coffee machines and you go along and make your own coffee and you can have a latte or whatever you want and in this store she was in or a petrol station it looks like uh, they have a sign next to the machine saying this way if you want to go and get your milk dairy milk and then this button if you want to get non-dairy milk Now, I don't know how you can get non-dairy milk, but anyhow, the sign is there saying non-dairy milk. And then if you want dairy milk, you go the other way and press this button. But she's asking, have people seen this? And how, I mean, what are they serving? She's asking regarding the non-dairy part. Uh, Is it oat milk? Uh, are, are they not allowed to say that? Uh, but she's, uh, first of all, wondering if, if it's common in many places and can they advertise non-dairy milk and then say dairy milk? So if you're in the store and you don't want to have milk, fine. But if you do take milk, you have a choice now of dairy and non-dairy. Uh, I don't know how you can have non-dairy milk and maybe they can't call it oat milk. I'm not sure. But has anybody else come across that and are, what, do you, what do you make of a non-dairy milk? Surely milk has to be dairy unless it's oats I'm not sure anyhow let us know <laughs> what you make of that if you've seen that or spotted that uh, next to your coffee machine in your local store or indeed petrol station and straight in uh, a WhatsApp when Lisa was asking about the recycling machines yes uh, this is from Derek who says I saw a machine in Centra in Mallow and when you go recycling your drink cans or plastic bottles uh, they actually donate so much to Mallow GAA uh, so well done that is Omani Centra in Mallow doing that well done to them so there's a, a machine outside Omani Centra in Mallow is there one of those recycling machines is it a Centra thing are they in other centres across Cork, let us know if you've spotted one of those in your area. We can let people know about them. Uh, maybe they are outside certain stores, uh, but your, your views are welcome. 0818 103 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And a reminder that Premier League Live is back on C103.ie. Trevor Welch is here tomorrow from 2 o'clock, powered by Talk Sport, and he will bring you live coverage of Leicester City and Arsenal at 3. Bournemouth taking on Man City at 5.30. And 
and Crystal Palace will face Liverpool at 7.45. The Premier League live online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You can listen tomorrow on the C103 app from 2 or indeed go to c103.ie. C103 Jobs. A qualified hairstylist is required to work three days per week in the Formoy area. Contact 087-935-3876. In Mantarant and Sons car sales in Bantir, they are recruiting a service administrator and indeed a parts advisor. You can email your CV to careers at etarrant.ie or phone them on 029-56000. And Hamilton French are recruiting a carpenter for a project in Cork City, also groundwork with experience in footpaths, concrete work and more for the Carrigaline area, email your CV to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. You'll find these jobs and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie. Towards the close of the show yesterday, we got calls in about how some people felt after installing the heat pumps in their home, their electricity bill went sky high, but then other callers had them installed and they said their bills were slightly higher, but then with no fuel bills, it worked out cheaper for them. Many felt that you do need to have your home fully insulated, though, to get the benefit of these heat pump systems. So uh, Councillor Audrey Audrey Buckley was listening uh, to this yesterday afternoon when we were discussing this towards the end of the show she got in touch with us and joins me good morning to you Audrey good morning thank you for having me on and thanks for joining us now your own story you first of all had the walls in your home insulated um, yes, um, that's correct. Um, so I have a, an old 1990s bungalow and uh, with three kids and, you know, I hadn't been working, raising my children. We couldn't afford all the the extra, the new, the upgrades to our home. So we were delighted when we saw the, the SEAI grants coming forward. Um, we got our house pumped recently, about a month ago, and the difference is just amazing already. And when you say the difference is that the house is a lot warmer, so the heating you have on is yeah. staying within the four walls. It's, yes, it's retaining the heat. Um, uh, the SAA, I have a few friends and that were waiting for me to do it first for them. And they were waiting for me to go through the whole process. Um, and then um, I was referring back to them, and which I did. And I said, absolutely, it's so well worth it. Um, it cost 2600 I had to pay out first. So it's a lot of money, um, but I, I paid out the 2600 and I just recently got back 1700 from the standalone insulation grant for the wall pumping. So I would suggest to anybody, if they have an older cavity house wall um, home, that it's definitely worth doing it to save on costs for your heating. And have you gone down the road of a heat pump or do you have the more traditional heating so, in your home? No, no, my house is an older home. I, I do need new heating and we were waiting to see if um, the SEI grants would change and a change in the way, um, especially for our home. It's a 1990s home. And we did our research and, you know, with the research, we were told the heat pumps, um, we would, it would cost us a fortune because our house, it's an older home. Heat pumps, apparently, we were told only work in new builds. 
because there's the, the house has to be airtight. When you have a house with small kids and animals and dogs and your door is open, we're south facing as well, so our door is open a lot, our front door. So the heat pumps would actually cost us a fortune because like your um, the electrician mentioned yesterday, it would be constantly um, trying to heat the house at the temperature that you set for it. Yeah, and so, that's interesting. A lot of people have said that that you need your home to be airtight and you need yes. it to be well insulated. Otherwise, what some people, they've obviously gone down that road in older homes and the majority that did contact us and got uh, the heat pumps installed had homes from the 80s or indeed the 90s. Yes. And that is more than likely why their electricity bill has gone so high. Because uh, the older yes. homes as well would would have that kind of, you know, you know as if you're in an old house, you'll hear people saying, oh, there's a draft in that part of the house. Naturally, there, yeah. there would have been in many of the older homes. Yeah, and so your electricity, the heat pump would be constantly trying to, to get up to to the, the heat that um, you've allowed on your thermostat. And also, like, not opening windows and doors, to me, um, I think, be you know, growing up in Ireland, I mean, our doors and windows are always open, kids in and out, dogs in and out. So, you know, I don't know if the heat pump is such a good thing for, you know, probably a lot of Irish families. If you have kids coming in and out all the time and doors are being left open, I think the cost, will be quite a lot um, I, what, we, what we are waiting for is and I've actually written to a few senators and, and to Eamon Ryan's party myself um, we need to get new windows but unfortunately the new windows aren't standalone grant like the attic insulation and the wall insulation the windows are a bigger part of the package the whole retrofit for the heat pump and windows and doors um, and so for us we can't, uh, the, the windows and doors, it's not a standalone, so we can't get them unless we get the heat pump. There's no other option of a heating system. So if you just want the windows, you can't do that. You, you can't get a grant no. for windows. It has to be the whole package no. or none. The whole pack and the whole package to me for my older house, like probably a lot of homes, it's not fifty or sixty thousand like they're talking about. It's probably probably seventy or eighty thousand to get your house airtight and and to be the B two and you know. Uh, so we don't have that kind of money just for a retrofit. You know, it's a huge amount of money. And I know with the grant yeah. you get some of it back. Do you know how much if it was to be sixty grand? Have you have you found out? How- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything I. Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How much they um, will I give you back? It's a, I, yeah, I think it's probably 50%. I, I heard around 25, 27,000 um, when I was looking into it previously. So that's that's substantial. But I think that they were talking about a 50 or 60,000 retrofit. But we all know today with the... Um, with the prices, like I, you know, I, I'd love to do my extension, but my extension, I could buy a three bedroom house in Spain with a swimming pool for the extension that would cost me here. And then in with Ireland. supplies being low coming from all, all different parts of the world, timber is one aspect of supplies being low when it comes to building. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't know where it, this is going to end. I think the SEI think it's a fantastic scheme for me. The insulation, I mean, really, I, I was very pleasantly surprised how warm the house was in the morning the next day, you know. Um, so we definitely can then see the benefits of that. I'm just hoping that the... the the government will come back in with a standalone for windows and doors or, you know, just standalone, not bung it all in together for the heat pump. It's all seems to be about the heat pump and yeah. the heating system. Yeah. And I mean, with, with your councillor hat on and you have your right into the green, so you're hopeful that they listen and remove because it used to yes. be before you, you could have got a new window or door maybe together with a grant. But as it's now on in one, you're hoping they listen to you and realise that it doesn't suit everyone. Do. It doesn't suit every house. I do. And I, and some of the senators that I've actually been on to because senators, I think get, they have more uh, luck, you know, because they are up in the doll. Um, and they would, some of them would agree with me as well because, you know, like, how many, I'd say 50, 60% of homes in Ireland are probably older homes. And we don't fit into that category of, well, the cost. Like if we could afford it, we do it. But a lot of us can't afford it. And as you mentioned, older homes, a lot of those that are texting in and those that were in contact with us yesterday are back and they're saying, yeah, air tightness is the key. And that is yeah. one of the reasons why people are getting the high bills they feel because their, their home was in, many of them were built in the 80s and early 90s yeah. and they feel maybe uh, they didn't do enough research and realised that their home wasn't suitable uh, for what they did with these heat pumps. But all the new homes going, I mean, where you're living there, Audrey, there's a lot of new housing estates in that area of uh, yes. South Cork and the Pass- Harbour region, yes. yeah. Uh, I mean, they they come just with these heat pumps, many of them, and there's no they chimneys do. and no no fireplaces. Yeah. That's correct. And and look, and that's great. And I'd love mm. to see us going that in that direction. I think you know, I'd be big into the environment, and I, anything like this would benefit us. But you know, like there, you know, the floating wind turbines that we're going to see in the harbours to bring electricity down. But I probably won't see that in my time. Yeah. So I need uh, things that are going to work for me now. And right now, um, uh, unfortunately, the SAA grant for windows and doors, that which I need, um, it's. Yeah, it's not there. And I, I am hoping that they will relook at it and take a look at it because the heat pumps for for me personally is not going to work. Yeah, and you'd hope that they will do that, but you'd hope that people didn't go along and just get heat pumps and the whole thing installed because of everything going into one package yeah. for a grant. I mean, do you feel that maybe some of those in older homes that they were, uh, while they were targeting everybody to go this way, they were. Uh, did they yeah. make the wrong choice? Did, did they mis- misrepresent, I suppose, what was going on and the reality well, that older I homes won't work so with this? 
new in that. I, I just don't think we knew enough about them because they sound fantastic. And for a new home, absolutely. The solar panels and the heat pumps, absolutely if I was building a new home. But um, I just think we don't have, um, here in Ireland, because they're so new, I don't think we have maybe the the standard of the, the people actually installing them. I'd say even if I went to March, I'd probably try and get somebody to install one in my house. Like I waited four months to get my house insulated because we don't have the craft people there doing these and implementing these jobs. And Martin and Informoy is making this point as it Paul on email as well. This is the new council homes which are all fitted with these heat pumps but some people that are offered a council home don't want them with the heat pumps in. They're afraid that if they get a power cut then they won't have the heat pump system working because there's no electricity but if they turn that down they go back then to the start of the housing list. So what's your view on that? I mean if they turn down a home is it, is it right they go back to the start I... of the housing list? Um, well, look, at the end of the day, look, I, I yeah, to comment on that, look, I, I, I would have to look more into it. Um, I look at their council properties at the end of the day, and I guess that's what we're being told to do and to implement. So that's what the council are doing. They're just following um, what's been what's been handed down from Dublin. Um, I think... You know, I, I would I think everybody would be different. Every mm. case would be different. Somebody looking and I just wouldn't be able to comment on that because I just don't know, to be honest. Yeah. And it's I suppose, as you mentioned, every house would be different as well or every area of Cork. Uh, before I yeah. let you go, Audrey, on, on that issue, just something else. Uh, this is to do with a front page story in the Echo today from Sarah Horgan, where rumours are abound in the Crosshaven <laughs> area that, that the, <laughs> the young offenders are going to be back uh, and filming in the passage area, Carrigan. <laughs> Line, Monkstown. Now, it's a very yeah. scenic area. Great if we see more of this uh, filming for either movies or indeed uh, TV shows uh, in Cork. Are, yeah, are you hopeful this is going to go ahead? Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I heard um, about a week or so ago, I kind of heard about it. And uh, I wouldn't, like the Young Offenders, I've watched it. And I've watched the movie because Mick Toomey here, we have, he drove the bus, you know. Um, uh, uh, so when Shane was singing After All, so like, you know, it's great to watch it and see people you know in it. Um, but it's very exciting um, for the area. Uh, you know, it's nice to have nice uh, feel-good things and the kids are very excited about it. But I did hear, um, you know, filming probably won't take place for a couple of months. I'm not sure. Um, I, my, my son probably would know before I would know <laughs> what's going on. Um, but they did film here previously in Myrtleville and the Crosshaven Rugby Club, Myrtleville area. Um, so it was great, but it's great the Lower Harbour area. You know, visually, because people watch this all over the world, my sister lives in Munich. She watches it all the time. So it's great. It's showcasing the lower harbour it in is. Cork. So it's fantastic for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. Nice Brilliant. views there as well. So it's good for tourism. But if, if it will, because you said they have been in Myrtleville before and they have filmed in that area. Uh, primarily, yeah. it's, it's filmed in and around Mayfield and Dublin Hill. But then they do go to areas like that. So we'll wait and see yes. what happens. But it's a good news story. We'll, and nonetheless, we, it's a great news. And we hope that they come visit us up in Temple Bridge. The sheep will be back next <laughs> oh, month mowing good. the lawns for us. So oh. we're hoping they visit us up there. <laughs> I'm sure they will and there'll be a story about the sheep. Yeah, they're God more love the than sheep. welcome, yeah. <laughs> okay, Audrey, thank you for that. Thanks for having uh, me Thanks for on. joining Bye. us. Uh, that is a councillor, Audrey Buckley there and I see someone, Anna, on text asking, um, is that a public representative? She's very helpful. Yes, and we were uh, discussing yesterday towards the end of the show about heat pumps. Audrey was listening and made contact uh, and that's her view and indeed what she, what happened to her regarding insulation in her home uh, over the last while as well and the benefits she found out of that but with the heat pumps 
Uh, you do really need to research that and, and look at your own home as, as in what year your home was built to get the full benefit and value uh, of a heat pump in your home. A lot of calls and texts on that. We'll get to those uh, shortly. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Druid Druider bringing their five-star production of The Last Return, an award-winning comedy to the everyman starting next Tuesday. And Anna Healy, who is is the ticket woman in this comedy joins me. Good morning to you, Anna. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for how joining us. I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Very good. Now, this, which is described as a thrilling comedy about conflict, peace and the pursuit of territory at any cost, uh, without giving too much away, Anna, because I'm, I'm told from those who went to see this that the end is very unpredictable. So what can you tell us <laughs> on what they can expect? Well, on one level, it's, you know, it's a very simple premise. It's a comedy set in a queue for the last ticket available for a sold out show. They're waiting for a return ticket. And then hijinks, everyone wants to get their own way. So all sorts of methodologies employed to get this ticket. I'm at the helm. I'm on stage the whole time in my great altar-like ticket office. And, um... I have the ultimate power, let's just say, as to who gets in and who doesn't get in. Um, I'm just doing my job, you know, I'm working my shift. I don't get involved with them. It's up to themselves to organise how they do it. And I think I think it's a play that reels the audience in because you think, oh, oh, this is, you know, shenanigans in a queue. But there's a lot to think about. You know, she's a very, very clever writer. She, she, you're splitting your sides laughing and then you realise you're laughing at something that's maybe not to be laughed at, you know, and when very serious things occur. Yeah, and I mean, first of all, when you speak of a queue, many people hate uh, queuing, but they hate when they see someone skipping a queue or trying to skip a queue. Uh, so the idea of that would enthrall those who were in the theatre. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think we all have um, hang-ups about queuing etiquette. Like if you're standing in it, for example, you're standing in a supermarket and somebody in front of you says, oh, I forgot to get whatever and I'm going to run back. Would you keep my place? And then you stand there and they haven't come back and it's now their turn. And do you go ahead or the woman behind you, she says, well, I'll go ahead if you're not going to go ahead. And every, the tension that builds in a queue is um, mixed for hilarity. Yeah. Um, and you'll, you'll think, never think about queuing the same after you see this show. And you mentioned and there about the... And good laugh. Well, that's, that's the, the main, main thing. thing. I would say. Yeah, that the comedy yeah. run, run, runs through the whole play. Uh, you mentioned there about the meaning of uh, the, the various uh, comedy within uh, the play. Yeah. Some that um, have reviewed this say, it's, in a way, it's examined of Europe, I suppose, and its relationship with the rest of the world. I think the yeah. Ode to Joy, the Europe anthem, that, that appears in, in part of the play. So it's kind of yeah. asking, and, and there's a meaningful part to this as well. There, there definitely is. Um, it's examining racism, colonialism, imperialism. You know, we, we, um, we have a character who's silent throughout, and um, she's Naima Swale. She's um, a Somali woman. And... Uh, uh, I, I won't, can't give you any spoiler alerts there either. And the prejudice that, you know, I suppose the big word that's bandied about at the minute is unconscious bias. Well, this is unconscious and conscious bias that gets bandied about, but is very delicately handled with comedy and reflects back on ourselves and how uh, how we approach um, people from other nations and of other skin colours and the whole, the, the, the whole clever, simple way that Sonia has asked us to have a look at ourselves 
is, is, is fantastic in this piece. Yeah, it's very you know. appropriate, Hannah, for today. I mean, today is the anniversary of the Russian invasion to Ukraine. So there, Ukraine. I know there's yeah. some references within this production to World War One and World War Two. But the idea there, you, you talk about territory. Uh, it, it's a play that, even though it maybe wasn't meant to tie in with what's happening now, it really is highlighting those issues. It, it is. And just what will we do to get what we think is our just desert, you mm. know, and the sense of entitlement that we have that you know, that we're not entitled to. And just just to what lengths would you go to get what you want when the chips are down? Why do you think you deserve something more than someone else just because you were born in a certain place, you know? Yeah, um, well, they then have to deal with you though, Anna, because you, <laughs> you are behind the desk. So I whoever's, am the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> whoever's trying to take over will have to deal with you first because you are you the ticket well, person. Are you going to get in to see it yourself? Hopefully I will. I was actually, because when I was researching yesterday, I was looking at all the reviews and it does, It's as you said, the way that you expect the play when you read about it and then when you see the reviews, it, it, it there's nice twists, but it's the comedy aspect and you're kind of laughing when you realise, yeah. should I be laughing, should I not be laughing but the, the, tell us about the <laughs> ticket person because we all know these type of people who sit behind the desks if you're running we for do. a ticket and, and I know you play this character very well because I, and I'll explain why uh, but did you enjoy first of all <laughs> playing this I love her, I can't believe that I'm not getting to the end of, you know, getting ready to lay her to rest, I could play her for years I think because it's it's um, uh, the minute I read the play, I went, oh, God, I want to play. She's not the biggest, you know, speaking role, but her influence in the piece, she's the system. She represents the system, and she's rock solid in that, you know. She thinks she's entitled to, to just dish out the same information to everyone time after time after time and cannot understand why these people won't conform or just accept what she's saying. It's a bit computer says no, but with with bells and whistles on it. <laughs> and she, the, Sonia's written, um, Sonia Kelly, that is, she's written the play. She's written the ticket person in such a way that she doesn't give out her personal information. Little bits leak out here and there. And, you know, and she, I, I can't give you a spoiler alert, but she, she you, you, you know who she is. From yeah. the minute I say, hello, when the, when the woman rings my bell, very, very often that gets a loud laugh. But the first line of the play, I say, hello. And they go, wah, because they know immediately who they're dealing with, you know. And so, I'd imagine you're the type of person in that role whereby if someone comes up to the desk, uh, you leave them waiting there uh, and you're not in a rush to deal with them. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no rush, no rush. And they have to learn how to get my attention. There is only one way that I will answer them. <laughs> and that's hilarious because the audience obviously they see the first person then and they think they know now how to get this woman's attention so um, if the next one comes and doesn't know they find that hilarious you know so you, you, end up, you, you find the audience are laughing at the characters as well as at the lines in the play they, they, they feel they're very knowing until the audience aren't very knowing either and it's just clever I think she's, I think she's written a masterpiece to be honest I think she has because, you know, even describing it there, the fact you can be serious, but having a comedy aspect is it's tough to do that and, and tough to write, especially something yeah. like that. But she seems to yeah. have nailed it w- with this production. And mm. the reason I say you are well suited to this role behind the ticket desk is because mm. many of our listeners, I mean, you have an amazing CV and uh, you've starred in so many Thank major you. productions in both TV and stage. I'm just going to mention a few here because people are, have realised uh, that, that you have starred in them. Nile is on the 
say can't wait to see this he goes to the Everman quite a bit and the opera house here in Cork but he loved Anna in Fergus's wedding many years ago you played oh, Fiona in that uh, I did it was on the player he said recently an RTE player must have been so he, he recapped and watched that <laughs> recently oh. and of course a lot of fans of the ITV soap Immerdale remember you I think this was where Marilyn got married and you were the hotel receptionist yes. and they came to Ireland from Yorkshire and you were behind the counter and you were in a similar role to this but different but you were not giving them an extra room they were not going to get another room for, for the no. night stay in Ireland I was charging premium prices if I remember saying do you want the key or not that was exactly it but it was your facial expressions I think that you had when they asked another question that also I presume comes into this role a lot as well yeah I mean this this role has taught me an awful lot I I love playing comedy but this is a very specific one and of course Sonia Kelly herself was a fantastic comedian and performer and she was with us in rehearsals it's really about letting the other character get in a panic and make the tension and hold the line and my my character is so certain of what she's saying she doesn't have to do very much really Mm. she just has to just stay nice and stuck still and you know, let the old face do the talking. <laughs> well, <So>. we won't <laughs> give away too much if people want no, to go and see no. the rest of this. It is, it's getting amazing reviews. It's a five-star yeah. production and it is coming to Cork. It's come to the Everyman on McCurtain Street on next Tuesday, uh, indeed Wednesday as well. You can get tickets from the Everyman, their booking office at everymancork.com. Uh, the very best of luck, Anna, with this production Thank and all you. involved. Yourself, by the way, while you're involved in this, have you any other roles coming up in either TV or on stage? Yes, I do. I'm um, straight after this. I'm going to make a, a film in the north. Uh, it's a feature film called um, House Jackers. Um, I have because I've been on the road now so long. I don't know very much more about it, but I've got a really nice role in that. I'm playing. Um, it's dark comedy. This one is again, but it's. Uh, I'm playing a foster mummy in that of two wild boys. It's about two young ones. Who, who are running wild. So that's a great, I'm really excited to do that. And then I'm going back to Druid for the rest of the year. Uh, we're doing a cycle of the OKC Dublin plays. We're doing Shadow of a Gunman, uh, June and the Paycock, and The Plowing the Stars. And we're going to open that at the Dublin Festival. Then we're taking it, I think we're taking it north to Belfast, then into the Abbey, and then we're going to America. Well, you're kept busy. You have a busy 2023. Oh, great year ahead of me. <laughs> and it's great things are back again that we're making so many productions and, and oh, films, great. both stage and TV. I mean, I think at the moment between streaming services and production companies from a TV point of view in, in Ireland and the UK, I mean, the UK seem to be really dishing out drama in between Channel 4, ITV and Channel yeah. 5 at the moment. So it's great, though, to see and it, it keeps the arts alive. Anna, thanks for joining us. Lovely to speak with you. Lovely to speak to you too. Bye Take bye, care. Bye bye. That is Anna Healy there. And you can join her and the rest of the cast in The Last Return, the award winning comedy starting next Tuesday at the Everyman of Summer. C103's Summer Getaway. We're heading to Cantor. Hello to Lynn O'Sullivan. Good morning, Lynn. Hello, how are you? How are you keeping? Not too bad now at all. Now, the, it's cloudy today in many areas of Cork. I presume it's cloudy in Cantor, is it? Cloudy but dry, yeah. Well, we could be sending you to sunnier skies in June. Would you like to go to Lanzarote? I'd absolutely love it. I've never been there. Oh, haven't you? Well, if you're free on the 4th of June, you could be going. Nick Richards will make the draw later after 2 o'clock. But to qualify you, Lynn, uh, we have to ask you a question. So this is the question, all right? It's it's easy enough. What summer show 
is currently on air with a villa based in South Africa. Is it A, Love Island or B, Hate Island? Love Island. It is indeed Love Island, even though after the last number of nights it could be considered Hate Island, but it is Love Island. Are you watching it? No, I don't want to. Okay. Back to no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you're missing out or not missing out, but anyway, yeah, I don't it, think so. <laughs> it's uh, it's got a bit wild in the last few nights. But nonetheless, you now qualify, or you could be heading to your own villa, uh, to the Vic San Antonio in Lanzarote. If Nick Richards draws you out from two o'clock this afternoon, who would you bring with you? Good question, actually. <laughs> I presume they all at home would want to go like this, draw it, I suppose. You'll have to draw somebody and, and then Absolutely. have to fight for their, their way to, to join you. Well, best of luck with that decision and we'll know for sure who'll be going along from two o'clock. Best of luck, Lynn. That's great. Thank you so much. Take care. Lynn O'Sullivan and Kenturk, our latest qualifier. And Nick Richards will make that draw after two. Someone winning their way to Lanzarote. More- I've barely taken your comments until 1 on 0818103103. You can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862103103. You can email even across the weekend if you want to raise something on the show for next week. Email Cork Today at c103.ie. And a lot of comments uh, came into us when we were discussing regarding heat pumps and uh, the cost for some and the benefits to others. It would seem if you have an older home and if the air isn't tight in that home, uh, that is where the cost is rising uh, but on the issue of gas bills increasing and we heard from Anne earlier and we just presumed because anybody who was on to us in the past regarding high uh, cost of gas bills it was an estimated reading so we were advising people just to maybe go and read the meter and see does that make a difference well Anne says uh, yes it was read uh, so she couldn't and can't understand why indeed it was three times higher than it was last year but still, it is, and it cost her, her bill. latest bill for gas was €650. Euros, a very high amount, uh, considering, Anne, as you said in your last message to us, you don't use a lot and it's on a timer. So you're mainly using it only when the evenings get very, very cold. You really watch your usage. So as it's red, it's, it's a huge amount of money and some people have got that. So uh, And then others haven't, so I'm not too sure what's going on. Maybe if it's, I'm not too sure your gas company you're with, Anne, would it be worth? to shop around and switch I mean they always do advise us to switch and those that do switch do end up sometimes getting better deals now some people say they switch and they don't see or notice much of a difference but some do so uh, maybe try that and if it's going to be that high for you might be worth switching provider to get a better deal for yourself but uh, on and staying with gas and electricity prices uh, a few texts coming in example from this one who says uh, this person no name on this text again but they say uh, they're all ripping us off I live on my own and I pay €37 Euro a week on electricity. Now, I'm on pre-power, but I feel that is a lot because this person's saying uh, it's only uh, either him or her in the house. And because of that, they feel they shouldn't be paying that much a week. And it all adds up and they're on pre-pay power so they can see exactly how much they're using electricity-wise. And staying with heating, and when we were speaking to Councillor Audrey Buckley and many people who did get this home uh, heating system, now Audrey didn't get it installed in her home, she got her home insulated but others who got the heating pumps installed uh, many say you have to keep the windows in your uh, home closed or the door closed uh, but some pe- pe- people picking up on this and how healthy it is if you're going to have your uh, house airtight all the time keeping the windows and doors closed is that healthy? Surely we need fresh air through the home yeah you'd have to wonder wasn't it during the 
the height of the pandemic we were told to keep the windows open a bit so the air circles around to get rid of bugs so you would wonder how healthy it is indeed thank you for your text and Anya just listening to everybody on about homes and what you can get in your home and the benefits of having XYZ in your home uh, she herself she lives on a farm and she says the farm has taken a lot of money back over the years but they have never had a chance of a comfortable home with everything going on uh, with farming and indeed with raising uh, children they just have a one front room and one back room and then three small bedrooms. There's a low ceiling and most of the house is facing towards the northwest. Now there's no utility. Uh, the back small room is a sort of now packed up as a family room and it's a cold house as well as the site is very open for the chimneys to work so it's a lot of the time when the weather is cold the entire house can be freezing. But just because it's farming and because even though Anya herself says she did work outside the home, between the farming, working and rearing children, they had no chance to look and upgrade their home. But it could do with upgrading, uh, says Anya. So while people are speaking and talking about upgrading their home and getting this and that and looking for grants, uh, she says not uh, everyone uh, can have the opportunity to do this uh, depending on their home. And again, a number of calls and emails are from people who did go down the route of uh, heat pumps and when they got them installed uh, they for the newer homes it would seem fine older homes you would have to really do your research on that because as many have said those who got those heat pumps in their homes in the 80s uh, homes built in the 80s and indeed the 90s uh, they didn't see an effect solely the electricity went up but they uh, thought they would see a, a better outcome from it compared to those in the last number of years for maybe homes built 5 or 10 years ago they felt a better benefit on that and yes while the electricity they said went up slightly overall because of no fuel bills they were saving money so it seems on our uh, on the calls and texts we've got on this older homes maybe not best suited for heating systems like uh, uh, heating pumps but again research it uh, chat to someone and make sure you're doing the right thing and that it does work for you in your home uh, because every home is different uh, calls and comments and a lot of them on that situation regarding heating your home and heat pumps and then we spoke with Eugene who is back in Bantry at the moment but uh, has been living in Ukraine with his wife and child for the last year was uh, there this time last year when uh, the war begun and has been there ever since he came home uh, just around Christmas and on that he mentioned uh, different items about the war in his discussion and chat with us earlier this morning Michael on text says he believes the world leaders should be doing more to condemn Putin including the leaders of our churches it appears uh, says Michael we are afraid to get rid of him and yes Ukraine ought to get the uh, fighter planes that they're getting and uh, hopefully they will free Ukraine within the next few months but the world has enough to contend with in natural tragedies like that in Turkey and Syria not to mention uh, the big threat of climate change with time running out to deal with this global problem, says Michael on text to 0862103103. While John, staying with Ukraine, but also picking up on something we spoke about earlier to do with pollution and how they are changing slightly. And the fuel we put into our car uh, in with regards to petrol initially and then uh, diesel, uh, this will make it more friendly for the environment and there'll be less air pollution. And I think one of the stats was it'll be the equivalent of taking 50,000 fossil a fuel cars off the road by the change they're making to fuel in petrol uh, forecourts across the country. Well, John's saying 
When you mentioned that regarding fossil fuels, what about the air pollution? Look at what is going on in the Ukraine over the last 12 months. Not a word about this. What pollution is coming from the air with all the bombing and shelling going on and the huge machinery and trucks going in. I suppose you could say the fighter jets flying over as well. And then we have Eamon Ryan here speaking to us about air pollution. Does he think that there is a wall built around Ukraine? And the highly uh, contaminated air can't escape. It's just becoming a joke. Look overhead at the aeroplanes taking all uh, the people on their sun holidays. Yes, they are fine, says John. uh, But what about the emissions from those planes? My advice to Eamon Ryan is start above and work down, says John on text 0862103103. And uh, a person here who doesn't want to, for us to put out their name, but they are working as a care assistant and they never got their pandemic payment. Now, they signed the paperwork last Uh, month, I presume you're trying to say on on the text, uh, and they gave all their details, but nothing back. Now, when we discussed this about two months ago, when we got to the bottom of what happened, there was two companies, I think, uh, one in Newry, one in Dublin or Kildare, dealing with this uh, for the state. And it was up to the company you work for. But if you've signed paperwork, I presumed they, they have done this, but they issued a claim on your behalf. So you would do all the paperwork with them, then they put in the claim and the payment would initially or eventually uh, arrive in your pay packet. Uh, it can take a number of months though. Some people, when they actually do the paperwork, they told us they don't get the payment until six months later. Uh, but it is the your employer you will have to chat with on that. I know some people have wronged those companies. They've found out the companies that are, are doing this, but they won't be able to do much. It goes back to your worker because they are inputting the claim on your behalf because you're working for them. Uh, so I would go back to whoever you deal with in your company, either if you have a HR side of things, you're a boss, or you're a team leader or whatever it is, and ask them where it's at uh, because it is their responsibility that they put in the claim for you. Uh, but you, if you're entitled to it, you should get it. We have spoken to people who were like you and have been uh, looking and trying for this for a, a long, long period of time. Eventually they got it. Might have been a, a year and a half later, but they did get the payment. So if you feel you're entitled to it, you should be getting that. And hi to Tom, who was in Bantry. Tom heard the cuckoo for the first time this morning. He said it's very early for the cuckoo. Usually it would be the end of March into April when he hears it. But the cuckoo has landed to Bantry, says Tom. Uh, so there we are. That's a good sign of spring if you hear the cuckoo. Not too sure if others have heard the cuckoo elsewhere. And earlier we received a WhatsApp. This was from Nicola. And she came across this whereby in wherever she was getting petrol, she stopped for a coffee and in the coffee machine, Next to it, there's a sign saying dairy milk and non-dairy milk. And we were asking, can you first of all advertise non-dairy milk? But what is non-dairy milk? Surely if it's non-dairy, how can it be milk? Uh, And this seemingly is a new thing in many petrol and diesel stations and stores across the country for the the coffee when you go in the automated machines. And on this, a number of people summed up by Mick who says non-dairy milk more than likely is made from oats, but surely uh, they cannot advertise it as non-dairy simply because it can't be dairy if it's non-dairy, but also was there not some EU law passed a number of years ago which highlights this, uh, that if you were selling milk and it's made up for example of oats then you have to say it's oat milk you cannot say it's non-dairy surely that is incorrect and many other people have noticed those signs on shops now over the last while so there we are non-dairy milk the new thing when you're out and about getting your coffee and Councillor Kevin Murphy was in touch to let us know and 
send congrats to Kinsale Community School because they won the National Robotic Finals. They will go to Dallas for the World Champions. So best of luck to all in Kinsale, heading to Dallas and competing in uh, the championship for that across the world. Great uh, for the community school there in Kinsale. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Trevor Sexton and Ger O'Donnell they are playing in Gagan Community Hall that's going ahead this evening at 8 o'clock there in Gagan tickets are priced at 20 euro and proceeds are in aid of Gagan Community Hall Bingo in Mallow GAA Complex that's going ahead this evening at 8.15pm the jackpot there is 5,100 euros and again all funds raised from the bingo it goes directly to the running of Mallow GAA teams for the year and Wheeling Amateur Dramatics. They're holding a variety show. It's going in aid of Mealing Hall and the Mealing Amateur Dramatics. It's going ahead this evening and indeed tomorrow starting at 8.15pm. Tickets are €10. Euros. You can get them from Quinlan's Bar, a cattle shop and the post office in Newmarket or indeed any cast member. And Johnny Bongos and Friends, they're holding a night of music and song and it's in aid of the Syrian and Turkey earthquake crisis. If you want to go along there, it's at 9 o'clock in O'Cana's Bar in Mallow. All fronts are will be going to Trokra for the earthquake crisis and a good night of music and song is expected tonight at O'Connor's Bar in Mallow. And a charity quiz that's going to be held in the Park Bar in Kanturk. It's going ahead this evening. Teams of four are needed to help raise funds to support the local Cambodian team in their efforts to take part in the World GAA Games in Derry. There'll also be a fundraising raffle on the night. And bingo this evening at eight in the store at the Creamery Yard in Kildallery. Doors open there at seven. And the new Corbrack Community Centre is now holding bingo. And that's going ahead on Friday nights. It starts there in Corbrack at 7.30pm and Ukrainian people living in Kanturk and the surrounding area they would like people to join them on the first anniversary of the war in their country they want to say thanks to the people of Ireland for their hospitality this country has shown them and that will go ahead at O'Brien Street in Kanturk between 4 and 5pm this afternoon into this evening. That's at the O'Brien Street Park between 4 and 5pm in Kanturk. And then for tomorrow, Middleton Hill Walking Club, they're going to hold an open information event that's going ahead tomorrow from 1pm at the My Place Community Centre and that's at Mill Road in Middleton. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. We'll be going to the movies with Mark shortly, but Paul Meskel was at the opening of the Dublin International Film Festival last night for his movie God's Creatures. And our showbiz man Crossy was at the event and he met Paul Meskel on the red carpet and he first asked him, what does it feel like being back to Ireland and in Dublin for the opening of the festival? It's really special. I've never, I haven't been to the festival, let alone open it. It's like something that I don't take lightly it is really special and to have like the majority of the gang here with us doing it it's, it's really brilliant at what stage on Monday morning did you wake up knowing that TJ Carr was tagging you in absolutely everything uh, <laughs> m- Monday morning it was Sunday evening <laughs> I was aware of it the minute, the minute I was saying those words I was like Jesus I should be getting better I should be practicing my Irish but I know I'm, I'm very proud of the limited Irish that I have um, You've helped everyone, like people who are un- not that confident in Irish. Can I don't know. I like get out there and use your couple, couple of fuckle. I think it's 
like really important. I think if we kind of gatekeep the Irish language, we're it's it's just gonna drive it into extinction. Into extinction. So I just think if you have the couple of foot, go out and use them. Yeah. With the Oscars buzz coming up. Do you look at the other lads that are in it? Like, have you watched the Banshees yet? Yeah, I've seen it all. I, I like, love those lads. Colin, Colin and Brendan, like, uh, so sound you couldn't even imagine. Well, I'm sure you've probably chatted them. They're, like, salt of the earth. Bill Nye, coolest man. Wears a suit like nobody else. He's, like, yeah, he's cool. Uh, I saw at one of the pubs out in Kildare and Minutes are doing, like, offering you free pints and all that. Do you feel yeah. that? I'll quote them on it. I'll, I'll go in there in a couple of years' time. When all this has died down, I'll be like, remember when you said you were going to give me free points? Where's that offer now? <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that stays. How do you deal with all this? Like, this is just... I, I just think it's really cool. I mean, like, I'm so grateful that people come out and wait and are excited about the film and everything that goes with it. But it is new to me, so I don't really have a plan on it, you know? It's uh, just... On our breakfast show this morning, I said, has anyone any questions? I can't ask you any of them because everyone was like, will you kiss him? Will you lick his face? We'll ask him what his hair is Don't like. do any of those things. <laughs> I was there to uh, ask you those questions charge tonight. Charge you for assault. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, best of luck tonight. Thanks very much. Cheers, thank See you, you later. Bye-bye. There is Paul Meskell speaking to our showbiz man, Crossy, at that event last night in Dublin. Uh, Paul's latest movie is called God Creatures uh, and a big event that is happening right across uh, Europe for various uh, film festivals uh, at the moment. And from film festivals to a good night's sleep. Uh, do you get a good night's sleep? Are you a good sleeper? Well, uh, there's new research out and this is, uh, I think you wouldn't need research to be told about this but regular restful sleep may extend life by nearly five years for men and more than two years for women. This is a new study and researchers within the study they looked at data of more than 170,000 people and they found those who enjoyed good quality sleep lived the longest. The study also showed 8% of deaths from any cause may be attributed to poor sleep patterns. Now people who saw the largest benefit slept for between 7 to eight hours each night. They had no difficulty in falling asleep or any trouble staying asleep. And those who did not use any sleep medication... Uh, they reported feeling well rested upon waking up at least for five days of the week. But then those who are uh, maybe having all five uh, of that are, are having everything in one. They are uh, having the, the greater life expectancy if they're getting the good night's sleep and they, you know, they're having no issues sleeping. They're not taking any medication. While those who uh, are not uh, sleeping properly, then uh, it does seem to bring a string of health complaints such as high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity and diabetes. Very hard to to work as well of course if you don't get a, a good night's sleep so it can impact your daily life uh, your relationships and indeed your work plus your um, uh, mental health and indeed medical health as well uh, and physical health so uh, sleep we all know we need it but it depends on how much you get on a regular basis that can change your life and, and not only change your life but add years to your life so how are you when it comes to sleep are you good are you bad uh, let us know text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 I know some people that can go on just four hours sleep uh, I personally need seven to eight hours every night or I'm no good the next day but I know people uh, that can get away with having four uh, or even three hours sleep and are fine so maybe we're all just made up differently anyhow your thoughts on sleep that research out uh, this morning in many of the papers that actually came uh, from a university in the UK and it came from the sleep council there but that does apply to all of us across the world because no matter what nationality where you have to sleep Anyhow, uh, lines open. You can call Bernie as well. 0818 103 103. We're going to the movies with Mark next. 
Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818-103-103. Time for our movie review. Mark Malone joins us as usual on a Friday. Hello, Mark. Hi, Joe Paul. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Well, actually, I'm... it's cold in here. Is it? Why is it cold? It's always warm in here. Why is it cold? I notice in these studios around <laughs> midday, it temperature drops for some reason. It gets very cold. And it's a bit chilly in here. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, a thing I, over I you. I demand events. something to be done about it. <laughs> there's a button here with aircon. Maybe if I turn that off. I think it works for that studio as well. Anyway, uh, for the movies you went to and saw, and this, I, I saw the trailer. It's a sweet movie, it looks like. Anyway, you'll, t- you'll tell us more in a while. Uh-huh. Marcel Deschel with shoes on. Here is a trailer. Oh, by first the way, be- yeah. Before, yeah. You, before you play the trailer, Prepare for cuteness overload. It is, isn't it? Yes. It is. Here is cuteness overload. All right, so I'm making like a little documentary. Oh, it's like it's a like... movie, but nobody has any lines and nobody even knows what it is while they're making it. Mm. No. Mm. Tell me about what's life like. It's pretty much common knowledge that it takes at least 20 shells to have a community. My cousin fell asleep in a pocket. And that's why I don't like the saying, everything comes out of the wash. Because sometimes it doesn't, or sometimes it does, and they're just like a completely different person. So, it's actually only two of us now. Myself and my grandmother, Nana Connie. We like to watch 60 Minutes because Leslie Stahl is fearless. Nana, make the noise. Sometimes I find my mind wandering, thinking, what would my family think? Do you think they could be out there? Marcello, let's forget about being afraid. Just take the adventure. Okay, let, let's do it. There we are, Marcel Deschel with shoes on, the trailer mark. Now, this is it's an animated movie, isn't it? It's a kind of stop-go animation, mm. yeah, with um, with live action as well. So it's a, it's a mix of all. Yeah, in fact, I read some of the details of the film. I mean, they would take, you know, a week to do three seconds of film or something incredible, you know what I mean? So and that's the thing about stop motion. I mean, you've got to put an awful lot of work into it. Um, it's an extraordinary film. It really is. And um, the thing is, is that the, a few years ago, um, a number of these films, little short short movies uh, went viral. Now, I'm not huge into social media. I'm not really out there. So I didn't know about these. They're, they are on YouTube. So um, what I would say to people, if you want to get an idea of what this film is kind of like and get, get a feeling for it, go on YouTube and find the shorts. Um, I think I think the shorts work work better rather than an hour and a half film like this. But that doesn't mean to say that I'm not going to recommend this uh, wholeheartedly because, I mean, it is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. It's been nominated for uh, Best Animated Feature uh, for the Oscars. And I'm not surprised. It is extraordinarily beautiful with extraordinary camera angles. And you heard the voice there. The voice there is of Jenny Slate. Uh, Jenny, uh, who also um, uh, writes here, uh, is the voice of uh, uh, Marcel, uh, who is a tiny little shell, about two inches. That's all it is. And... uh, he lives in an Airbnb with his nana, Nanny Connie, uh, who is voiced by Isabella Rossellini. And he has these incredibly inventive ways to try and get about his day, to try and find food, to try and survive. And that is extraordinary to watch that kind of stuff. And I mean, the, you know, for the for the brains and the writers to kind of be able to come up with these kind of visuals. And he constantly has this match on his back, for example, because he sets fire to stuff all the time to allow him to try and get to other parts of the house and get out to the garden where his nana Connie has made friends with a lot of the insects out in the back garden because she's got a, a, a garden. The thing is that um, the house used to belong to a couple who broke up and unfortunately uh, the male of the couple uh, took all the shells the family, Marcel's family, away with him by accident. He didn't realise he was going to do it, but he took them with him. Uh, And so therefore, um, Marcel decides to go in search 
for uh, this particular man who and uh, the, the family of shells to kind of reconnect the family uh, once again. But of course, Marcel lives in this kind of tiny little world in a big house and doesn't realise just how big the world is. There's a lovely moment, for example, where the documentary for, uh, maker in the film takes Marcel to... Um, a uh, hill overlooking the city and uh, Marcel goes so is that it is that the world and he was like no there's an awful lot more out there than you might think uh, the thing about uh, the, the character Jenny Slate here who does the voice of uh, uh, Marcel she was kind of famous for a while on Saturday Night Live and it's a, it's a live program as you know yeah. and some years back she got fired because she said the F word live oh. live <laughs> on the show so it's good to see her kind of back again and it's good to see her kind of make something like this and um, I mean the, at first you might think it's going to be a bit on the, the twee side uh, but it's not and, and not in any way shape or form I mean after a while you know, I love animation I love stop go animation I admire it very much indeed. And as you're watching it, of course, you're watching the visuals, you're watching the weird camera angles, you're loving this little character. And as the film progresses, you become more interested in the character uh, rather than the actual visuals itself. And that's always a very, very good sign uh, and a very, very good thing. Uh, beware, though, there is a dark side to it and uh, you will cry. And I did. I bawled like a little baby. I really oh, yeah? did. Oh, goodness gracious me. I mean, listening to the trailer there, I'm finding it difficult to kind of keep together. It is an extraordinary film. It is absolutely beautiful from start to finish and um, it's um, and I'm not surprised it's been uh, nominated for an Academy Award Yeah no it is and the word you use beautiful that's the uh, a perfect way to describe it uh, you can check it out uh, even the trailer alone I think will grasp you into it and, and the way they portray Marcel right throughout the film I'd imagine like the trailer you, as you say you just want to hear and see more about him but it's the wider picture of, of Marcel looking for where the rest of his family are really yeah, and Marcel is a, an odd looking creature I mean yeah. it's, it's a shell it's got a big eye and he's got <laughs> shoes on you know what I mean uh, I mean it's, it's extraordinary and I loved it from start to finish out of 10 how would you rate this I'm going to give the 10 oh well yeah. we haven't had that for a while 10 <laughs> out of 10 Marcel the shell with shoes on is that in cinemas now or is it streaming uh, it's in the cinemas but yep. um, I think as far as streaming if you download it I, I, I got it from Amazon Prime but I couldn't rent it I had to buy it so oh so you must buy it it's rent to buy yeah uh, rent to buy Amazon Prime are in the cinemas and then uh, you went along and you got Black Panther now what's uh, this about uh, did you see the first film I don't think so I've heard about it and I, I've seen snippets but I haven't watched the full film and am I right in saying people are here on earth which human like are very strong humans if that's the best way to kind of describe it well they're all human yeah I mean the thing yeah. is is that well they're actually not so much in this film but in the first film uh, they were but um um, I mean the thing with the first film was a huge success and it was a cultural phenomenon Cheswick mm. Boseman uh, was extraordinary in the film and it made something a billion and a half dollars I mean it was it was extraordinary even though I, I thought the film was okay I thought some of the CGI was a bit dodgy it was nominated for Academy Award which I didn't think it should have been but it was a cultural phenomenon for, for reasons which I won't go into but um, um, so and, and then Cheswick was uh, given I think a five movie deal uh, they were so uh, you know Disney and, uh, and uh, uh, Marvel were so delighted with them unfortunately Unfortunately, we lost Chaswick, of course, um, in the intervening time between now and this film. So basically, they had to go back to the drawing board again, and they kind of thought, well, what, where are we going to go with this? And I think the problem for me for this, this movie is two hours, 40 minutes long. And I think what they decided to do was, look, let's just try and do our best to kind of give as much value for money, and let's just throw everything into the movie. And because of that, for me, it was kind of bloated, which was a, a terrible pity. Uh, I tried to, see, I, I sat down to watch this with my daughter, who knows Marvel and DC. She knows this world inside out. 
and it's great having her sit next to you because she explains the plots to me because every time I watch these movies I just watch them I come in here I talk to you about them I tell you if they're good or bad and then I tend to forget about them I have to admit and so she's great to go that's who that's that person that's from that universe and that and so but we're in we're an hour in and she turned to me and she said look I'm tired I'm going to bed so she didn't come back to the film with me so I had to so I watched this over two nights and um, I kind of had to do that I think because for me there's just way way too much happening in this film um, you know Wakanda is under pressure from other nations to share the vibranium which they did in the last film they said we will share this vibranium uh, which is this the, the strongest metal in the world and in this film they decide no we're not going to do that you're not mature enough to be able to uh, deal with having vibranium so we're not going to share it then the CIA find vibranium at the bottom of the sea and then we find out about uh, this uh, these water breathing superhumans led by Namor and um, he doesn't want uh, the CIA to have uh, his vibranium and so therefore you've got this kind of battle between the FBI and the CIA and you've got uh, the Wakandans and you've got these uh, these water breathing superhumans and it all kind of in the end just basically kind of leads up to this kind of war and the thing about the film is actually is that the first part of the film is actually pretty good because the, the tribute to Chadwick Boseman I think is beautifully done. The ending is very, very sweet and very nice as well. And I'm surprised that the reviews have been that good because I think because of that ending, because of that uplifting ending, you do kind of feel better and you kind of go, oh, well, I enjoy that. And then you kind of thought, well, hang on, the preceding, you know, hour, hour and a half was a bit complicated. There was too much story there. Again, it goes back to what I said to you last week. Just keep it simple. There's too much in this altogether. Uh, but when it's good... Uh, some of the some of the CGI again was a bit disappointed, but when it's good, it's very good and very very entertaining. But for me, uh, I found it a drag for an awful lot of the time. For me, it's way too long. Take forty minutes out of it, give us a nice solid two hour movie, and I think it, it would have been much better. Yeah, I must say, two hours and forty is a long, long time for for anybody to be sitting down watching these days. Especially, I think the the, the kind of patterns are, are shorter. Very complicated story. Yeah. Way too many characters who are coming and going. There's way too much plot, and um, and I was confused a lot of the time. And and from the first film, is there a lot of that in this, as in regarding a sequel, or is it totally different altogether well, regarding storylines? Uh, oh yeah, well, no. I mean, they have added the vibranium story, and mm. they've kind of added to that, and of course references to Chadwick Boseman as well. Um, but I think they're, they're obviously it's done quite well. I'm glad glad to say because you don't want movies to fail. Uh, so the, there will be a third one. It'll be interesting to see where they go with the third one, though. Yeah, and is this in movies or is it in streaming? You can get it on Disney Plus. A Disney Plus, okay. Out of a ten, Mark. Uh, six. Six out of ten. Yeah. Okay, six out of ten for that. And we had a ten out of ten though. If you want to go along <laughs> and see Marcel the Shell with shoes on, it's a, a big rating winner. Okay, Mark, thank you for that, and we'll chat with you next Friday. Take care. Mark Malone there with our movie review. Just a mention to George who sent a WhatsApp as Mark was finishing up there with the movies. I did ask him for you, George. You were asking if Mark is looking forward to Cocaine Bear. And now it's opening in cinemas today, uh, says George, mostly to positive reviews and it's trending number one on Twitter. Well, George, I did. I asked Mark that. He is looking forward to it, is his um, answer. He's looking forward to looking at this film because it was uh, based here in Ireland and based in Wicklow. And you'll find out more about that over the coming weeks I'm sure Mark will watch that and review it but overall he's looking forward to it George and uh, it's good to see uh, that it's trending at number one for a film which was filmed here in Ireland and indeed in Wicklow and just going back to something we discussed earlier in the show to do with the eviction ban John saying I agree first of all with the eviction ban to be lifted feels John for those who were unable to move back into their own home that they rented while they were out of the country but I think they need to look at the bigger picture here and realise that we have 
have people who won't be able to find a home if they lose their rented home. Uh, so if they can work some system out of those who would have turned to Ireland and cannot get their own home back, if they can work around that system, well and good. But they do need to look at the eviction ban for those who will be sent packing from their homes unfairly, uh, says John on text 0862103103. And also we spoke with Anna Healy earlier in the show. And this is from Druid who are presenting The Last Return. It's written by Sonia Kelly and it's going to be in The Everyman and a few texts in asking when is that starting? It's running this coming Tuesday and Wednesday at The Everyman. If you want tickets, go to theeverymancork.com and it seems it's going to be a very funny uh, production, very funny play there and some big cast names as well there at The Everyman this week. And by the way, Cork are taking on Westmead. This is in the uh, hurling, of course, in the Alliance League at Parky Cueve on Sunday. That game is live here on C103 with Cork Sports Sunday from 2. You'll get the entire game and commentary live here on C103. And of course, uh, then from tomorrow morning, looking ahead to uh, the weekend of sport, Rory Burke is here from 8 o'clock. Uh, he'll be have all the latest in music and sport with uh, Saturday morning sports breakfast. So a lot in there tomorrow morning, including uh, that game. As you wish Cork the very best, I guess, against Westmeath, of course, that game live here here on C103. Uh, Patricia Messenger will be back on Monday morning as she was ill across the week but she's better and back with you on Monday morning where we will continue to give away more holidays. Yes, it's going ahead Mallorca next week but that's it from us though. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced. I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your weekend. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.